This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, hello there, listener, and welcome back or welcome for the first time to the Behold podcast. You're in for quite the treat today because it is just the two of us. It's just Sean and Dan today. That's right. We're holding it down. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of back to back to basics for us, you know, keeping it simple. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it'll be a, a nice free-flowing conversation, maybe maybe a little bit shorter. Although every time we say, oh, maybe it'll be a little bit shorter, it ends up being like <laughs> Three hours long. later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't shoot ourselves in the foot that way. But uh, before we get started on our conversation, a couple, uh, a couple notable birthdays uh, mm-hmm. this week. So one, uh, Wendy Helch. What's Wendy's middle name again? It's May. Wendy May. One Wendy May Helch turned one yesterday or today? Today, this morning. Seven o'clock this morning. Wow. Okay. It's quite the, uh, yeah, it's what a trip, you know? It's just, someone asked me, how does it feel? Well, more than anything, I feel like that year just flew by, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Do you, so they always say the, the days are long and the years are short. Do you feel like you, you, you tasted that a little bit? No, for, for sure. For sure. Probably Patty more than me. Cause she's home with Wendy all day. You yeah. Know, when she's I'm doing the grind. But yeah, it's just crazy. It makes me feel like I'm going to blink and she's going to be 10, you know? I think about, a lot of you know that I film weddings and I think about this one father of the bride speech all the time where he was talking about, he was all weepy, you know, and he's like describing bringing his daughter home from the hospital and just the hard work of being a newborn parent. And it's like, we hadn't slept in, you know, weeks and I'm just so tired. I'm trying to rock you to get you to sleep. And I tell myself all the time, like, this will pass. It's okay. This will pass. Hmm. Like, this too shall pass, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, and here I am now, just standing, looking at my daughter on her wedding day in her, her wedding dress, hmm. and it all just passed too quickly. That's crazy. Wish he wishes he could back. go back. Yeah, if, yeah. if I could go back and be there rocking my crying baby, I would do it right now, you know? So I think about that a lot in those long day moments of just, yeah. just try to soak it in. Like, one day, really soon, I'm going to look back and just yeah. wish that I could hold my crying daughter in my arms. Man, you know it's, what I mean? That's so deep. It's like, you know, it's be where your feet are. Right. And mm-hmm. just that, that attitude of, and mindset of just being present is so, so important. <clears throat> um, so we did, we'd mentioned two notable birthdays coming up. So also the one elder reverend uncle Tim Barley what? is turning the big six. Oh, just in a few short days, April fool's day. It's not a joke. He really is 60 years old. He really is. He's got a great surgeon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's actually off on some, you know, backpacking adventure right now. So, Tim, we wish you well. Return safely. And we will celebrate when you get back. Happy birthday. Belated. And we promise we're all working hard while you're gone. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that when the, while the cat is away, the, the mice totally behave themselves. I love it. That's, 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 that's the saying. Uh, okay. Uh, but what else is going on this week in the life of a church, Dan? Yeah. Well, we we're really excited. This is the first <clears throat> month of us getting into a new rhythm with our uh, extol prayer and praise evenings. And so if you've been around VBC for a long time, likely you've heard about extol. And usually we do them on Thursday nights about every other month. This year, it's been a little, a little hit or miss because of a variety of factors, but we have been praying and just asking the Lord for um, 
just fresh vision and and just kind of really just sensing from him and from from the community that there's really a hunger to to get together more often for prayer and praise. And so we we decided, hey, we're going to go for it. <clears throat> we're going to every Thursday, the first Thursday of the month, we're going to gather the whole entire church together, whoever's willing, whoever's able, um, and just seek the Lord through prayer and and just reflect his glory through praise and music and a variety of, of different means. And so it's happening this Thursday coming up, April 7th. And so please put it down in your calendar, 7 p.m. at the Crossing Campus. We'd love for everybody to, to come out and it's going to be a great time. Wow. You'll be there, right, Sean? Uh, I think I have to be. Yep, sure, sure will be. Uh, you are what, co- contractually obligated to be there. What else What else has happened recently that was life-giving in the church? Oh, man. We, we also had a really cool Sunday. We had three different services happening at, at the same time all throughout the valley. So in uh, Livermore, we had our Altamont service gathered at 10. In Pleasanton, the crossing service gathered at 10. At the fairgrounds during the good guy service, we had another contingency of VBC people doing a worship service there. And then right after, we all got together for a potluck. So Altamont crew got together, crossing crew got together, fairgrounds crew came over and hung out with us. And it was just an amazing time. You guys over at the Altamont have been doing, you guys have had the potluck game on lock. And we're just trying to really match your level. We're just trying to get on your level. I can't blame you. Yeah. So, so we did our first kind of one, you know, in, in, in recent years and I was so encouraged, man. I thought the, um, the vibe was amazing. Probably over 200 people stayed and, and just hung out and shared a meal together. And I just saw a lot of great, the whole point of it is just, Hey, let's just interact together as a family. Let's meet some new people. Let's, just talk a little bit about life. And sometimes we, we get into rhythms in church life where the only time we see each other is in like a scheduled event or a group yeah. or, and so it's just nice to, to get together unstructured and just have kind of normal fellowship. And I really think that was happening. And there was just a great vibe here at the crossing. What was the, what was the potluck vibes over at Altamont? Good stuff. Yeah, it was great. Super encouraging. And just, you know, walked around the room and, you know, we have less real estate there. So it's kind of an all hands on deck turnover of the building after the service ends and tables are all through the lobby. There's tables in the sanctuary, tables in the children's area. So they're just taking over the whole, the whole building. That's so awesome. It's just so encouraging to walk around and see the conversations that are taking place, you know, and the tables that are filled with people, you know, are in different circles yet. They're still mingling. And like you said, that's, that's, that's the point, you know, like I, a lot of people, and I get it, our, our anti-potluck, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, potlucks are lame. That's what they think about it. Right. And Christians it. love their potlucks. Yeah, right? and I get it. It's just like no one gets excited about someone else's like soup they made last night or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I get that. But that's not the point. You know, we're just here to share a meal together yeah. and experience fellowship, you know, and conversation and all that good stuff, which I think just, yeah, it's the reality of when we say all the time, oh, we're a church family. We're a church right, family. Right, you know what right. I mean? And it's those moments where I think we really get to feel like we're a family. So yeah, just super encouraging. Whose soup was the best though? I heard you guys had like a soup theme going on. Who brought the best soup? Oh, definitely my wife. uh, For sure. What'd she do? What's her situation? Well, I'll say, who is it that always says, oh, my wife is the second best wife in the world or something? Is that Gary? I don't know. I'll say she had the second best just in case someone out there is listening and is going to get offended about it. She made like a, a, a beef stew kind of soup. That sounds amazing. It's one of her specialties. That sounds really good. 
Uh, but wow. yeah, it's great. We're looking forward to the next one. Yeah, us too. So thanks for for spurring us on. You know, by give, putting it, it's a tried and true idea, but it's a good idea nonetheless. People and food. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who knew? I do. I do also want to apologize. <clears throat> one more bit of housekeeping. Uh, Emily did tell me that on the podcast last week, she could hear me breathing the whole time. So, oh, no. so I just got a text. that just said mouth breather. Oh my so, gosh. uh, if, if, if that was bothering, bothersome to you beholders out there, I do apologize, but now I'm all super self-conscious. I'm like, I'm like taking short measured breaths. So I might pass out during That's this podcast hilarious. at some point. Well, then you'll get a text. Hey, stop fainting during the, the podcast. <laughs> you know, you just can't, you can't please all the people all the time. We're all human guys. We got our stuff. That's true. But hey, we are, now that we got that out of the way, uh, heading into our new Easter series. And we're so excited about that. It's called Rescue. And it's what a cool opportunity as we head into, you know, Holy Week and Easter to just stop for a second and remind ourselves of who we are before God, who the Trinity really is to us and how they worked together for our salvation, you know, and and just with Easter, I think it's a good reminder for all of us who have our, put our faith in Jesus to uh, just consider what this is. You know, I know it feels like a holiday in some ways, and that's the 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 limits to which some of us think about it. But it's like, man, yeah, it is just a date right now. And it's, you know, Jesus loves us every day. It's not just one day kind of thing. But at the same time, it's like, man, what a special time for us as a church family to remember just in a focused way and and relive some of these moments that led up to the the miracle by which we're all living now in freedom and grace that we're going to talk about, you know, today. So anyways, all I have to say, I hope you're excited about Easter. I hope you're getting pumped to together as a family. Uh, yeah, just walk through Jesus' steps leading up to the cross. Yeah, obviously Jesus is alive every other day of the year as well. He is risen. <laughs> he is risen indeed, right? <laughs> so so it's not it's not we don't want to like put all of our eggs in the basket. Ooh, do you see what I did there? Hell, wow. <laughs> it's like Easter Easter pun or something. I don't know. I don't know what well, you, you know, like that. the like the CEO acronym for yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas and Easter only Christians. Right. Jesus is not one of those. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we we don't want to kind of overhype Easter, but also it it's just a great opportunity, kind of like Christmas, for us to reset remind ourselves of what's true. It's, it's a part of the church calendar for, for generations. It's, it's this honored tradition of, of saying, man, something really, really, you know, foundational and core, really the, the core foundational thing has happened and let's come back to it every year. And also like Christmas, <clears throat> it's just a great opportunity to, to just share our faith with people, invite them to church and, we're really excited too. We're, we're after our Easter series that starting the first Sunday in May, we're starting a class and the elders have been sharing about this, but it's a class we're calling the discovery class and there's free lunch involved, but which is pretty great. But after church every week, we're inviting people who are unchurched, unsaved, investigating Christianity. And we're going to be hitting all of the big questions of life, right? Like, why are, why are we here? What's our purpose? Who is God? Is the Bible trustworthy? And just hitting all of these questions and, and there's going to be multiple teachers from VBC sharing and it's going to be super interactive and man, we just, it's a great opportunity for us to just be thinking about who are the people in our life that don't know Jesus yet? And can we 
you know, integrate them into the life of our church so that they can see the life of God at work and put their faith in Christ. Yeah. And in some ways it's like so perfect because on one hand, we kind of hate having to like pause a teaching series when stuff like this comes up and like return to it later because it feels a little bit clunky. But at the same time, it's so perfect because we've been talking all about, you know, how we're ministers of the new covenant yeah. and how we're sufficient to do so because of Jesus. And now it's like, oh, now here's an opportunity. You yeah, know, put it, your flows, money your mouth it kind through. of flows out. Exactly. Of, yeah. Now you have an opportunity to really use these gifts and in these next three weeks, you know, participate, like we're going to talk about right now, uh, in in being fragrant to the victory mm. that Jesus has won and, and all that good stuff. So we're excited for it. Yeah. And so today we thought we'd just take a, a little bit of time to, with that in mind, um, just kind of reset our perspectives. You know, this last Sunday at the Crossing, we did the re- review and news for Second Corinthians up until end of chapter three. And it's a good opportunity for us to, with that in our, in our minds and then leading up into Easter in our minds, remind ourselves, you know, how we've been changed because of our faith in Jesus. What does that enable us to do? as we head into Easter and all that good stuff. And then, you know, as we participate in that process, what are some ways that we can uh, open our hearts and minds and allow the spirit to do his work in order for us to grow in some of these ways? Yeah. And I, I thought Charlie did such a great job of just basically highlighting some, some really amazing, wonderful, exciting realities about that transformation that we've experienced from the you know, the chapters and verses that we've looked at over the last few weeks. And maybe I'll just read them really quick just to kind of get us back on that same page. So from, from chapter two, verse 14, he, he said, you are triumphant in Christ. You're being led by Christ in that victory. Number two, you are the aroma of Christ from verse 15 of chapter two. You, we are purveyors of the pure knowledge of God, which means we're we're those that spread widespread the ideas and the 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 realities of the knowledge of God. Verse seventeen, and then in in chapter three, verse six, we're alive. We've gone from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. Number five, we're witnesses of the glory of God. Chapter three, seven through eleven, we're bold in serving others. Mm-hmm. Um, verse twelve, and we're freed from needing to measure up verse 17 of chapter three. And, you know, I've just was thinking about this kind of interesting reality that we live in and it can feel like a tension, but, but, and it can be easily confused, but there, these seven things are really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this new covenant life we've been invited into, but God has radically transformed us, radically changed us but he's also changing us. So we've been, we've, you know, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We've gone from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. We're, we're a new creation in Christ. Mm. That is the reality, but also we're in process. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. So what, I, what we thought we'd do maybe just for the next couple of minutes is on those seven things I just read, what is something that each of us, Sean and I, are wanting to to focus on in terms of that process. So we've been changed. This is our reality, but we want to grow. We want to go from one degree of glory to the next as we behold Christ. And so of those seven things, Sean and I each are going to pick one. 
And as we do, beholders, we invite you to just be thinking about what's the one that you would like to experience growth in, or, you know, you can think about like further transformation, right? I've already been transformed, but I want that process to keep going. So, so we're going to share each one and then we encourage you guys to, to be thinking about one as well. So Sean, why don't you kick us off? Which one, which one is a kind of your focus right now? Yeah. And of course the, the disclaimer is all of us could grow in all seven of these, except for Jesus. Every Preach single it. one of us yeah, have room to grow in all these things. So we're not saying, you know, recently someone in a meeting that we're in said, they're talking about a trait they didn't like in themselves. They said, oh, that's a problem with my personality. Don't think of it like that. Think of it mm. instead as an opportunity for growth, you know? There we go. Love so it. one of the opportunities for growth that I would like to focus on, both in myself and something I'd like to see, you know, in the people close to me in our church family is, is tied to that first one of you are changed to be triumphant. And, you know, it's just kind of tied in with what's been going on in the last couple of years, culturally and in my own heart and the people close to me. Um, there's a lot of hard stuff, you know, has been yeah. going on. And, uh, you know, I feel like in conversations with a lot of people, it just kind of becomes this tone kind of quickly of, just focusing on the hard stuff, you know, and oh, mm. doom and gloom and the world's doomed and look where society's going and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, this is all true. But I just think we need to be careful and I need to be careful with, you know, the way that we're speaking about this. Because like you said, this stuff is pointing towards Jesus, you know, and as we're talking with neighbors about to invite them to Easter, you know, if you spend yeah. the last hour complaining about how hard this, this, or this is, you know, is that communicating that we are changed or not, you know? And I get that picture of, going back to just that, that triumphal triumphant procession, you know, mm. Jesus leading the way cause he's won the victory. And if I was there, you know, in this image, what would my countenance be like? You know, I would be jumping for joy. Probably I would be spreading the fragrance around and hitting the drums and just celebrating and, and telling those around me, Jesus has won the victory, you know? And if someone came up to me and was like, hey, but didn't you hear, you know, that there's invaders in the next country over? I'd be like, yeah, but Jesus won, you know, and he yeah. can, he's going to do it again. Don't even bother me with that stuff right now, you yeah. know? Oh, didn't you hear that this politician, it doesn't matter. Jesus has won, you know? And unfortunately, I can't say that's always my response to certain things. And I wish it was because, you know, as Christians, really, if we are abiding in Jesus and we're turning to him, then our lives and our our attitudes should be characterized by those things, by victory and by celebration and joy, even That's in the good. face of hardship, because Jesus has, has conquered it all, you know? And unfortunately, often it's not. And so that's yeah. one thing I love to see more of in myself is just that <clears throat> attitude of not being naive to things, yeah. you know, but just absolute confidence and steadfastness in all situations. It doesn't matter what it is. Insert whatever, you know, politics, pandemics, finances, you know, retirement in the Bay Area, whatever the topic is. Hmm. Like, man, Jesus has secured my eternal hope, you know? Yeah. All these things are so insignificant compared to that, and I can trust him in that victory. Oh, I love it. It makes me think of what John or what Jesus says in John 16, verse 33. He he's he's telling his disciples, I'm 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 preaching all these things, I'm teaching all these things to you so that you can have peace in me. Because here on earth, you're going to have trial and sorrows. Mm -hmm. Period. It's going to happen. But take heart. And that that is meant to be an encouragement. Don't focus on 
the trials and sorrows. Take heart. And he, and he says, why? He doesn't just say, just do it. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Wow. And so do we believe that or not? And, and it's really interesting. And I was trying to rack my brain while you were talking, if I shared this or not on the podcast last week. So if I did, I apologize. I'm going to say it again. We had this really cool dinner with the elders. It was all staff, all VBC elders last week. And each elder got to go around and just share something that is a burden on their heart for our church currently. And it was really enlightening and, and just so cool to just hear what God is speaking to them and laying on their hearts. Our uh, Jason Wong, our, our newest elder addition, he shared something that I think ties in really well with what you, you were saying. And he gets this sense, and maybe many of you do as well listening, that there's a lot of fear right now with regards to the younger generation that's coming up. We think about our kids, our grandkids. We, we, maybe you're just single and you're like, should I even have kids? Cause like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Right. And, and some people are, are moving out of state or pulling their kids out of the, 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 the school system. And, and I'm not saying there's, there's not legit reasons to do that, but Jason was just encouraging us. God, do you think God is surprised by the state of the world right now? Is he surprised by the cultural challenges that we're facing, the moral dilemmas that kids are, are, are faced, you know, the temptation and, and just the ideology that they are bombarded with every day. Do you think God is, is, is unaware of that? Surely and I think <laughs> surely he's not right. And so rather Jason was just encouraging us rather than being fearful and, and trying to basically take our kids out of the world. He's saying, this is their time. God has, has created them and, and, and determined that they would be born in this time for this moment. And so rather than having fear drive us, what, why don't we start thinking about how to equip our, our young people to navigate and to be salt and light and ambassadors for, for God? You get what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. it, it's basically just a perspective shift, Right. Rather than focusing on the trials and the sorrow and the darkness, it's saying, okay, that stuff's there. I'm not tuned out to it, but how can, how can, what, what does God provide for us in his word? And how can we be equipped in that so that we can be light in the dark? Yeah, that is so good. And it reminds me of, um, first Peter. And I think I may have said this before on the podcast, but tying in with the idea of just man, don't see this as just doom and gloom, but this is an opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. these things are an opportunity to, to give God glory. And in First Peter 4, you know, we're being told about suffering <laughs> as Christians. And I just love the way that this is worded. Same kind of thing, don't be surprised. It says in, in 4.12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you as, as though something strange has happened to you. But rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ, and this is so great, so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. Just love that. Like, yeah. Be overjoyed that you have the opportunity to glorify mm. Christ because of this suffering. And then it goes on to say, so then what do we do? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should entrust their souls to a faithful creator and continue to do good. Just love that. And trust our souls to a faithful creator and be overjoyed that we have the opportunity because we're sufficient in Christ and ministers of the new covenant to give him glory. After yeah. suffer. We have the opportunity to glorify God in our kids' lives as they grow up in the school system or whatever the topic is. I love that 
picture and inside of that or underneath that or overarching all of that is that idea that we are standing in Christ's victory. And that's yeah. why we're able to do all these things. Yeah, yeah. And 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 when you're in a place of victory, you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that we are, again, I think there's legitimate reasons why you might pull your kid out of a school district or why you might move out of state to a more conservative area. I, I think there's totally legit reasons for, for doing those things. Gas prices. <laughs> exactly. But if, if ever our motivation is fear-based, and, I, and I'm not talking about like the, a healthy fear of God, but I'm just talking about if we're afraid and we're making decisions based on fear, that is never, we're never going to be like, oh, that was a great decision. That was a wise, godly choice. Like, you get what I'm saying? hundred percent. And honestly, I think Satan works really hard to keep your mind in that place. Right. Like, Patty and I were just talking about this because we're talking about the school systems, you know, and kind right. of some of the, the cultural shifts that oh, have happened. Yeah. And yeah, like as a new parent, it's scary to think about. And I was just thinking, and I felt a little bit convicted of just, man, I, I think we need to spend a little bit less time and energy thinking about and talking about what's wrong with the system and why we're worried for when we need to grow up in that and why it's better somewhere else. And we just took that same time and energy and invested it into how am I going to protect my daughter and, and guide her in, in a way that is gospel centered and focus on God's word in this environment? Like, man, she'd be better off. First of all, anyone witnessing this conversation would be better off because they would see that process, you know, but then, yeah, God would be getting glory in that process, which is just such a, a privilege to participate in. Yeah, it's so good. And and that kind of leads me to to the my opportunity for growth, which it's number six on the list that Charlie gave us. And, and it comes from chapter three, verse 12, which, and, and Charlie put it bold, boldness, but, but in serving others. So being hmm. bold, we've been changed so that we can be bold in serving others. And I think the, what, what led me to that was, First of all, I just, I love the source of the boldness. So in verse 12, it says, since we have a hope or since we have such a hope. So that is the the reason for the boldness. So what, what I love about that is my, I don't have to drum up boldness on my own. I don't have to, to kind of rely on myself to be bold for Christ. All I have to do is just focus on the hope that I have focus on this new covenant that I am in this, this promise that God said, I'm going to do this no matter what. Mm. And if, if I can cling to that and anchor myself in that, it, that's where the boldness is going to come from. It's going to produce that. And then kind of on the other end of it is, uh, I think I can be a very passionate person. And I know you've experienced this firsthand, Sean. And sometimes that passion is not always directed uh, in the right place. And it's easy for me to just get fired up about something and kind of go on some rant or, you know, just kind of rashly make a bunch of decisions. And, and sometimes that's not always the best thing. And so what I love about um, this idea is you know, Moses was a servant leader, right? Because Mm. in verse 12, it's going to say it, Moses was in this position of, of leading God's people and serving them and being this kind of intermediary between God and them. And man, he sacrificed a lot for that. Um, and remember the glory that he experienced from God 
was was great and 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 it served a purpose in that time but but what Paul is telling us now is the glory that you that we're all experiencing through the indwelling of the spirit and through him lifting our gaze to see the glory of God in the face of Christ it's so much better mm-hmm. and that glory is so much better and so a lot of times my experience in that I can lose sight of serving others. And that was Moses's goal, right? He was, he was meant to be the servant leader. And, and Charlie put in there, like we're, we're bold in serving others. We're not just bold just to be loud and obnoxious and passionate (laughs) for no reason. We're bold so that our, so that we can share the gospel with others. We're bold so that we can um, be uh, a defender of the weak so that we can be a father to the fatherless so that we can, um, look out for widows and orphans and and those who are who are vulnerable and most need most in need in our community. Mm. And so, I think sometimes maybe you guys can relate to this. It's it's easy to get self centered and and expect others to kind of serve me. <laughs> um, and so I'm just I'm wanting to grow in boldness so that I can just be more outward facing and just really look at who is in need both inside the church and those that, um, you know, outside the family of God too. Wow. Yeah. It's very humble of you. First of all, thanks for being open with with us. Oh, sure. And just, man, I'm an open face sandwich, you know? Oh boy. You're, you're a passionate sandwich. I am. But yeah, I think a lot of us can identify with that of it's kind of sneaky, isn't it? Sometimes we're, emotions and drive and like feelings and passions can start from a certain place that is totally healthy, you know, and even godly. But then sometimes we kind of take it and run with it and we don't stop and listen or we don't stop and put it through the, like you said, the perspective of serving people. Right. And then it becomes something else, you know, Mm -hmm. such a a good reminder that if you're following God's word and serving people, you really can't go wrong. Yeah. Because this is what we're commanded to do. Yeah, exactly. I love that picture. Yeah. I'd love to see more. And you can do it boldly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, so I think that's something I'm, I want to dial in. I, mm. I, I think I'm, I think I'm looking at the hope consistently and that's what's driving me. And I just think I need to make sure it's staying focused on, on others and, and what's good for others rather than being like a self-serving thing. Yeah. And I think you're, experienced enough and wise enough to kind of parse out, you know, this, but not everyone else is. And I think it's easy sometimes when we're in that mode of boldness, that's not directed towards serving people. Mm-hmm. It, it can get sneaky and we can, our motivations can get confused, you know, even in the church, like working in the church, it, it's easy to have it be really passionate and bold, but we're motivated by whatever, you know, yeah. we want this many people to come to this event or we want to see this much response when you and I lead a worship or we want to see whatever, this many people go to this class, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. The motivations get confused. And I'm reminded of the word that um, Paul uses in first or Galatians one. When he's talking about people who are trying to serve man, mm. you know, instead of Jesus and, 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 preaching basically not the gospel they're doing their own gospel they're watering it down yeah changing it's that word you know he says accursed or damned but it's that word anathema and it's like there is no stronger curse 
in mm. the language for what Paul's saying. It even sounds scary in the yeah, Greek. Anathema. It's like there is no more condemning word for those that are damned than that. And that's what he's equating it to. Hey, if you're if you're getting off here and you're preaching your own gospel or you're trying to serve man instead of Jesus, this is what you are. You are accursed and damned. And he even says, if Sheesh. I'm serving man, then I am no servant of Christ. Mm. So it's kind of a, a warning too, which I think is is for a lot of us these last two years, kind of tying in with both of our things. These last two years, man, we're encountering hardships and struggles and we're wanting to see change, you know, in yeah. the school systems and culture, all these things. It's so easy for us to get so hyper-focused on those things that, that we're missing the gospel. We're missing the, the people part of it, the mm. serving others, like you said, the, the love part of it, which is scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that has, has inspired you listening at home. Maybe uh, just kind of stirred you up to to look at one of these seven things as an opportunity for growth. And Charlie gave these handouts away on Sunday for free. He didn't even charge people. Free 99. It was amazing. But basically it outlines this uh, a process you can go to. And it's not, I love how he said, it's not, this is not self-help. This is not some formula that you do. These are, this is a process that God has given to us outlined in his word. And it's basically just kind of piecing it together and, 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 and serving it on a platter to you and say, Hey, these are the things that God has offered to us so that we can experience ongoing transformation and growth to, so we can be more like him. And the cool thing about it is it's not rocket science. It's not this like, secret mystical formula that you have to like do all the right things and say all the right mantras and, and then like something magically will happen. Yeah. It's just, it's just participating with the work of God's spirit in you to behold Jesus in, in a specific measured, measurable way. And so if you didn't get one of those handouts, we'd love to send you one. <clears throat> so you can message us at vbc.online slash behold. Boom. Nailed it. Okay. And we'll get it. We'll put it in your hands. But should I just walk through like kind of like a little summary of them? Because because there's basically four four steps. Or what? what how do you want to? Yeah. How do you want to talk about it? Yeah, we can just listen for you guys. I mean, it's, it's four easy steps, and I love that you said it. Like, it's not mystical. Yeah. Which I think that's really important to remind ourselves that like the Trinity is not mystical. You know, it's supernatural, miraculous, incredible, yeah. amazing, but not mystical. Yeah. You know, it's not a mystery to us. God tells us really clearly what this process looks like, what mm-hmm. it looks like for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, go read Romans 8 of what the reality of the Holy Spirit in your life is like. Anyways, all to say, if you're feeling like, oh, but I don't feel this in my life, when you look at those seven ways you've been changed. Or like, most, I don't see it. I I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I hear what you're saying, but I don't, it's not my experience. I yeah. don't feel like I've been changed. I don't feel victorious. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel bold to serve people or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And this is, I'm so glad we're talking about this because a couple of weeks ago, we forgot to say this in the podcast, but a couple of weeks ago, Nathan was teaching uh, through the last chunk of Second um, Corinthians 3. And he made a comment during one of the services that I don't think he, I think he misspoke or didn't mm-hmm. say it as he meant to say it. Yeah. But how it kind of sounded to some people was, he's talking about anxieties and mm-hmm. basically abiding in Christ. And when you're participating in this process, what, what does your life look like? And he, he, he said something akin to, oh, you know, if you're, if you're dealing, you, you, you shouldn't be able to have anxiety if you're doing this process. Right. If you're, if you're beholding Jesus and you're abiding in him, uh, you, you, you won't have anxiety or something like that. Right. Cause he was talking about where the spirit of God is, there is freedom. And that, mm-hmm. that idea of freedom is, is not, oh, I just do whatever I want whenever I want. It's, it's basically living in a way where you're unhindered 
there's nothing blocking you from becoming who God wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do. So right. he was just talking about anxiety as an example of that. Right. And I think it, I, as we were talking about it and I could see someone who struggles with anxiety. Like clinically. That. Or, yeah. Who, yeah. who loves Jesus saying, right. wait a second, you know, that's not yeah. my experience. So just not to, not to correct Nathan, but just to, to clarify, I think what Nathan was more so saying is if you're struggling with any of these things, you know, anxiety, depression, fear, guilt, fear, shame. you're not feeling victorious. Yeah. It's not that you'll never feel those things, but you don't you don't have to be condemned to a life of that. Sure. You, know, you have the opportunity to grow on any of those arenas, even if you are clinically dealing with anxiety and all those things, even for you. God has opportunities for you to grow and be and, and free be helped. And right, because freedom. it doesn't say yeah. where the spirit of God is, there is freedom unless you have a mental you know, health yeah, exactly, issues. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no, it's like it's it's yeah, everybody has some kind of mental health issues. Like we're all, we're all just broken and, and, and we've all experienced trauma and we're all just trying to figure it out. And, and some of us legit have like physiological things that are going on in our brain that mm -hmm. are causing us to feel a certain type of way um, or causing us to think about life a certain type of way. And so we're not saying we're not, I mean, the last thing we want to do is like, is throw more guilt and shame on the pile. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's like the opposite of what, what we want. We want you to be free. We want you to experience the freedom of the, of the spirit. And so it's a process, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. And that's what he was saying, right? It's yep. a process. And like you said, it's about freedom. You know, it's not that you'll never feel these things or you'll always 100% of the time feel these seven ways of change. Right. But the point is you're, you're free from those things impacting and in, in, in directing your dictating your life, yeah. you know, when you're, yeah. when you're doing this process. So anyways, if you can identify one of these seven things that you feel like you could grow in. That's the first step. That's the first step. So, step one is admitting you need a pro you need yeah, help, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Step, step one of 12. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah. So if mo most of us can probably read the list and say to ourselves, Oh, you know what? I think I could do better in this one area. Yeah. If you can't, you're in luck because the Holy Spirit will help you. Yeah. Even when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit will intercede for us and, and, and help us in that process. So step one, if you can't figure it out, spend some time in prayer yeah. and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are some areas of growth? Yeah. And then, and then step two is take off the old man or the old person or the old you. And this idea is, is from Colossians chapter three, which talks about, um, you know, being clothed in, in, in godly garb, right. Clothed in humility and kindness, um, and holiness. And in order for us to put on that stuff, we have to first actively take off the, our old person. And, and remember, this is, this is kind of the weirdness that we live in. Uh, the old you has been crucified with Christ, right? Do we believe Amen. that or not? Right. Amen. The old you has been crucified with Christ, but every once in a while we kind of just, I don't know, like we go back into the wardrobe and we, we put on that old man again, that old person. It, and it can happen real sneaky. And so Paul's saying, Hey, even though the old you is dead and gone, sometimes you're going to, you're going to have this, this moment where you're putting it on. So he says, take that off and then clothe yourself in, in these godly ways. And I love that idea of, of clothes because we, whenever we, um, whatever we're wearing at the time changes the way we think it changes the way we feel. It, it, it even changes the way we, we might walk, right? You're going to have a completely different feel about yourself if you're wearing a tuxedo versus 
you got shorts and flip-flops and you're hanging out at the beach. Like you're going to take on a whole different persona based on the, the clothes you're wearing. And so I just love that analogy. And so there is some active things we do. We, we identify the temptation source. We, we call out the lie that's associated with this old way of being. And we, we say, what is that lie trying to steal from me? And we just speak it out. We write it down. We share it with a friend. And in doing so, we're, we're actively taking off that old you, right? So that we can put on the new, the new me. Mm-hmm. So then, and then number three talks about renewing your mind. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, just this process of renewing our mind. And this is part of why we do the podcast every week is to help, you know, be available as a resource in your life for that process. Um, but Paul talks a lot about it, about, man, and it's tied to the idea of, of letting the old man die, taking on the new. And, and reminding yourselves. So yeah, you we're identifying the area of growth. We're identifying the lies that are leading you to that. And again, that's a spirit-helped process yep. of, of letting the spirit reveal to you, oh, actually, I, I, this is a struggle for me because whatever it is, I'm really hurt by this person. I haven't let go of that, that, that bitterness. Uh, I'm struggling with porn. I don't want to let go of that. So that's mm. why I can't have intimacy the way I'm supposed to. Whatever right, it is, right. you know, a million scenarios. But the spirit will help you identify the lie or God will help you identify the lie through people, through relationship. Mm-hmm. That's part of why we have a yeah. church family is to be it's there good. in that process. Identify the lie and then replace it with truth. Renew yeah. your mind on a daily constant basis. You can't do this once. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's a constant thing of, of identifying the lie. And even if you have to do it every hour of the day, yeah, once a day, whatever that looks like, just soak yourself in, in God's truth relating to this issue and replace the lie with, with God's truth. Yeah. And then, and then the last step is, is to, to actively put on that new self. So we've taken off that old man. Now we're putting on our new, the new you, the new person that uh, is, is, is made in the likeness of Christ, made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like to think, and we've talked a lot about this during this series of, of just the power of, of a healthy Bible anchored imagination, I think can be really, really good in, in some of these processes, because remember the battlegrounds in our mind, it's this, this stuff is about changing the way we think and developing a new pattern of thinking, because from there, it's going to affect the way we feel. And then from there, it's going to affect the way we act. And so that's kind of the battlefield and the process. And so to, I love to just think about the whole putting on the new man or the new you, the new person is like imagining, okay, what am I, what, what does it look like for me to walk more bold today? What does it look like for me to, to be more triumphant as I go into my workplace or my classroom or as I go get my coffee from the barista down the street, you know, what does it mean to, to, to be the aroma of Christ as I hop on that zoom call, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of imagine like, what kinds of things would I say? What kind of things would I do? What would my, my, my manner and my, 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 just my, my words, how are they seasoned? I think about this a lot when I go into meetings because I don't, always love going to meetings. I don't know if I'm the only one. Raise you're, your hand. You're weird. Let me get like a hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> but I think about this a lot. And 
you may not know this beholders, but we have a lot of stinking meetings we got to go to here and they're necessary. They're important. But sometimes like when I, when I'm about to walk into the meeting or I'm thinking about the meeting that is coming up that day, I'm just like, what kind of vibe do I want to put out into that meeting? Like, do I want, do I want people to be glad that I'm there? Or do I want people thinking like, oh man, what's wrong with Dan today? Like he's in, he's kind of in a grumpy mood, you know? So whatever it may be, whatever scenario that you might find yourself in, I think it can be really powerful to just use your imagination and say, what would Christ, (laughs) the bracelets, what would Jesus do? Yeah. (laughs) I like, I like walked right into that one, (laughs) but, but seriously, I mean, it's a, it's a silly cliche, but also it's a really powerful thought experiment. Yeah. What would Jesus do? How would he represent himself in scenario, you know, X, Y, or Z. Well, and that's why when, when try to list these four steps, he says, renew your mind and behold the savior. You yeah. Know, look at who Jesus is and what he would do. And what does Jesus say about us in those different scenarios? You know, like to use the, the silly meeting example, like, well, we're called to be faithful mm. and we're called to be, uh, uh, compassionate. We're called to be empathetical to people, mm. to, have, to, to, to be joyful, to, to be joyful. Yeah. We're, we're called to, to support and love our brothers and sisters, right. even if that means paying attention to me we don't care about, whatever yeah. it is. Like those yeah. things seem so trivial and yet they reveal the glory of God through, through Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever that looks like for you and whatever the, the scenario you're, you're thinking about and processing through, like Dan said, use your imagination, you know, Hey, I'm going to work tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday, for example. Oh, what am I dreading about the idea of being light at work? You know, what scares me? What am I worried about? And then just take that thought captive, hold it before the Lord. Say, God, what do you tell me about myself in this scenario? Well, I'm sufficient. What would I'm my new self do? Right. What would yeah. my new self do? What would Jesus do? You know? Yeah, exactly. I love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can feel, and you can ask for help. If you don't know where to find the truth in that scenario, ask for help. Reach out to us. Reach out to any of us here at the church. We'd love to help you. Fill your life with truth so you can do that process of renewing and beholding. That's great. That's really good. Well, sure enough, we we went uh, long on this on this short. <sighs> so predictable. So, hey, I feel like it's been a great time, though. I agree. It's a party. Uh, hey, y'all, if you're still here, way, way to go, guys. <laughs> we congratulate you. Yeah, you, you made it. You did it. Uh, but just a reminder. You know, we actually have a prize for you, actually. The prize is you get to come to our new Easter series on Ooh. Sunday. Wow. Rescue. It's going to be a party. We're talking about the Trinity and, re- and rescuing us all. Just a reminder, man, what a great opportunity. And especially, you know, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter, especially, of course. What a great, it's like the, the fruit are low hanging and ripe for the picking for inviting people to come to church. And again, it's not about being here in the building. It's about seeing the life of Jesus. And 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 I'm going to hit this hard that I got this is a Jason Moog-ism. Inviting is great. Bringing is even better. Wow. Explain what's the difference between an, an invitation versus I'm bringing someone. Yeah. Well, it probably being very annoying to that person and make sure they can't bail on you. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, like it's easy to just say, Hey, uh, we have an Easter service, you know, just so you know, versus, Hey, I'd love for you to come with me. I'll pick you up. Yeah. What, what I got to do to get you or, to come Or let's me? meet, meet at Starbucks beforehand and we'll, and we'll go in together. And I've said this before on the podcast, but I've literally invited people to church and it's hard for me because I, I have to get here soup. I have to get here like two hours early and most people aren't going to want to come two hours early and like watch us, watch the band rehearse, you know, <laughs> uh, as exciting as that may be. So I've literally invited people to church where 
they said they were going to come. And then I'm like looking for them, you know, and then I look at my text messages and they're like, oh, I came, but I, and I started walking in, but I just couldn't do it, you know, like, or, or I came and the parking lot was too full. And so I left. Right. So, so the, <laughs> that is less likely to happen if you're with them, right? If you're walking, even the, the, just think about this, let's walk in together. Let's find a seat together. I mean, that just, that is a, is a much more welcoming, hospitable a less threatening thing for most people. And I'll just say this, you know, we know we live in a world where Satan is doing anything he can mm-hmm. to, to stop people from coming to know Jesus, stop people from worshiping God. So if you're just inviting people and not doing the bringing process, then you're leaving that whole time between you ending that conversation and them coming in the doors and sitting down for Satan to just attack them and distract them and mm-hmm. divert them. Don't leave them hanging. Be yeah. the bringer and help protect them from this from Satan because you live in Christ's victory, yeah. right? You can help them. Yeah, process. and I would say go all the way up until the point of being annoying. So wherever you feel like that annoying line is, just like flirt with that annoying oh line, you know? Because there, there, hey, there's a biblical precedent to being persistent, and most of us in our journeys with with coming to faith in Christ, being invited was is a part of our story. Someone invited us somewhere. And chances are you listening at home probably didn't say yes to the first invitation. So persistency is is it can be a good thing just as long as it doesn't turn into an annoyance. Yeah. And no, fine line, but we can do it. Nobody likes being pressured into doing things. You know, no one likes being manipulated into doing things. So don't do that. But no one will complain about being overwhelmed with love, you know, mm. loving invitations, yep. loving support, all that kind of stuff. So let's lean, lean into that. Be loving in your, in your invitations and your bringing, and I'm sure they won't get mad at you. Bingo. All right, guys. We'll see you on Sunday, and we'll see you on Thursday for Extol. Yes, please come. It's going to be a party. Okay, bye. Hey. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.